From this place, we reached Via Cafto, a village rising in the middle of olive groves. The country was covered with maize. Myrtle and orange trees also grow in the countryside. Further on, we found the Carinite emerging from a gorge formed by huge heaped rocks. This river divides in its course into a large number of small streams. On the right, we saw a village near which must have been Haliki, an unfortunate villa once destroyed from top to bottom by the effect of an earthquake, then surrounded by the waves of the sea, and finally submerged with all its inhabitants. After moving away from the banks of the Karaniti, we soon arrived at the first houses of Fatsdiza. Before its ruin, the city was quite considerable. Pausanias saw there a theater, several temples, and a few other monuments. There are now 5,000 inhabitants there. Vastitsa is located on a high plateau above rocks overlooking the sea. A part of Vastitsa, called the Lower Town, lies at the foot of these rocks. There is a plane tree of extraordinary size. Its crown is 12 meters in circumference. Near this majestic tree of gigantic proportions, there is a fountain whose water flows abundantly through 17 openings arranged in an equal number of arcades. All the houses of Vastitsa, except those of the bazaar, are built in the middle of gardens planted with orange, lemon, and fig trees. Two roads lead from Vastitsa to Patra, one high, the other low. If you take the first, you have to cross the Meganitas River, having on the left mountains covered with bushes, and on the right the Gulf of Lepanto, beyond which we discover the arid mountains of La Crete. This is from the scientific expedition to the Morea, architecture, sculptures, inscriptions, and views of the Peloponnese, the Cyclades, and of Attica, published in 1838, pages 41 through 42. The original is in French. I'm Jen Globius, and this is the Halanaki Deep Dive, a podcast about mapping and analysis for historical and archaeological research. In this episode, I'll discuss what the second season of the Halanaki Deep Dive is about, then introduce the physical geography of Vastitsa, the area described in the passage from the French scientific expedition to the Morea. Let's dive in. So you might be wondering why the second season of the Halanaki Deep Dive is on the topic of, of a location in Greece, um, which is a lot different than the first season, which was on Ruth Shackelford's diaries in 1865 and 1868 in the Western United States. I originally came to the topic of Vastisa and particularly a 30-year period of Venetian rule when I was working on my master's in classics, so almost 20 years ago. The topic was suggested by my advisor, who was working on a book at that time about right after the Venetian period, after the Ottoman Empire took over again in the Peloponnese. He had the book published in 1993 by Dokos and Panagopoulos uh, in Greek, which is the Venetian Cadaster of Vastiza, Venetian records of land ownership in the territory of Vastiza. These records are in the state archives in Venice. 
And the published book, it also included the maps. And because I had already been interested in computer mapping and GIS, my advisor was like, hey, you could try like mapping out this. This would be kind of a good topic building off of your skills, even though it really has nothing to do with classics. So I did. Um, I built a, a database. I did what mapping I could, mostly of the larger area. I did analysis where I could. And I also used some records of one of the earliest agricultural censuses from Greece from 1911, published in 1911, just for a comparison through time. Finished that thesis, went on and did a master's in geography. And in a class on multivariate statistics, I ended up looking at the Vastisa data again and updating the statistical analysis, which gave me some interesting results, which I presented at a few geography conferences, but I've never published it. When I first thought about podcasting a few years ago, I thought that I would start with Venetian Vastisa, kind of present it in this podcast. But then I was reintroduced to Ruth Shackelford's diaries, and the idea of mapping her diaries captured my attention. So this season is about Vastitsa, which is in the Peloponnese of Greece. The area isn't known as Vastitsa today. It's uh, part of Achaea in the northern part of the Peloponnese. But I'm going to use Vastitsa because a lot of this, a lot of what I'm going to do is focus on the area defined by the Venetian territory of Vastitsa. And so I'm going to use Vastitsa as a shorthand for this area. And what I'm hoping to do is introduce you maybe a little bit more to the Peloponnese of Greece and to this part of the Peloponnese, which if you've been to Greece, if you've been to the Peloponnese, you might not necessarily have gone to this area. You've likely maybe driven through it if you've been to or from Patras, between Patras and Corinth. But in my two first trips to Greece where I did tours of major archaeological sites, we didn't visit any sites within Vastitsa. And the history of the area that I'm going to focus on starts in the 1200s and then looking through the 20th century. So this is a long time period, but it's a period that you might not necessarily already know about, and especially not for the Peloponnese of Greece. And so I'm hoping you enjoy learning more about Greece in this time period. I'm going to be using three data sets to look at this area through time. The first is from 1460. It's an Ottoman defter, or their tax records. The second is the 1700 Venetian records that I used for my master's thesis. And then the 1910 population and agricultural census records. Of those, the 1700 Venetian records are only for the territory of Vastitsa. So that is the primary study area. The other two data sets include areas related to Vastitsa or called Vastitsa or called something else, but with different boundaries. So I constrained the areas to the Venetian territory from 1700 so that they're more comparable. Of course, it's really hard to compare these things through time. There are changes in technology. There are changes in administration. And that's part of what I'm going to look at with this information. And I'll talk about the information more as we go. 
But I just want to say the inclusion of the 1460 Deftair is a lucky find within the last couple months. I found the book called The Early Ottoman Peloponnese by Yorgos C. Leokopoulos. It's a publication from his PhD thesis dissertation. And he looked at the 1460 Deftair from when the Ottoman Empire formally took control of the Peloponnese in the 1460s. And so with that, we can look at the information more through time. Because as I was looking, as I was preparing this season, really to understand the Venetian period around 1700, you need to understand what was going on earlier. So really starting with around 1200 and a bit earlier, the Byzantine Empire, but 1200 with the Fourth Crusade and the establishment of a Frankish kingdom in the Peloponnese. And so it's giving having this information from the beginning of the Ottoman period lets us look at changes in Vastitsa through time, which is great. So along the way, we're going to look at different entities, so different empires from the Byzantine Empire to that Frankish principality, the Ottoman Empire, the Venetian Republic, and then also the modern Greek state established in the 1820s. So due to events during this period and the data that I have from tax records and then census records, I analyze topics such as taxation, look at the economy, immigration in that period and what was going on with the population, and also information about colonization. So in the first part of the season, I'll provide historical context, what was going on through time, what were the big events, and introduce the three data sources for analysis. And then in the second part of the season, each episode explores a different aspect of Vastitsa, so taxation, what was going on with the administration, and so on and so forth. And it's using information from those three data sets. The change in administration through conquest happens over and over in Vastitsa and in the Peloponnese of Greece in this period that I'm looking at. And there are written in history's events focusing on the elites. So this person takes over, this battle was fought, but touching the lives of everyday people. It's like what changed, what didn't change with these different conquests is one of the things I'm very interested in looking at. All right, so now let's talk briefly about the physical geography of Vastitsa. So the area of Vastitsa is located on the northern coast of the Peloponnese between the, the cities of Corinth and Patra, and it's located directly on the Gulf of Corinth. So there's the modern city of Egio, which formerly was known as Vatstitsa, but in the classical period was Egio. So the size of the area that I'm going to be discussing, so the size during the Venetian period is around 410 square kilometers. It is not very large at all. Uh, for comparison, especially for those in the United States, it's about one-third of the size of the U.S. state of Rhode Island. So it's a small area, but it certainly takes longer to travel through parts of Vatsitsa, especially before the modern national road was constructed. Vatsitsa, being in Greece, has a Mediterranean climate which means that the summers are usually hot and dry, very little rainfall in the summer. Most of the rain falls in the fall, winter, and spring when temperatures are cooler. Uh, the landscape itself, it's very mountainous. 
mountains are to the south. And in the northern part, so the coastal part, there is a, a small coastal plain. It's about at its widest around Egio, the, the town of Egio, and it narrows towards the east. So what you have, and as described by the French scientific expedition in the 1830s, is an area with streams coming from the mountains, plains where you can have small fields, but the area is overall very mountainous. And since this is Greece, there have been major earthquakes that have changed the landscape through time. Um, one of the biggest was in the 3rd century BC, and it's referenced in that passage I read at the beginning by the French expedition. That earthquake destroyed the the city of Haliki. There have been other large earthquakes that are attested. There was a large about a 6.5 in uh, August of 1817 that probably changed the course of the Salinas River near Egium. There was another 6.5 in June of 1995 that caused a lot of damage in Egio again. So all of these things have shaped the territory of Vastitsa. So we have major earthquakes. They change the course of rivers. And so that changes through time. And this physical geography and the landscape is going, I'm going to reference it again and again because the spatial patterns that we see of different things, where people were living, where which crops were being grown where in Vastitsa, um, where were their felt mills or grain mills, are all put in place in part and depend upon the physical landscape. That's not the only determinant. So really, the physical landscape just says, this is where it's possible to put a mill. This is where you have different rivers. But the actual location depends upon people. But understanding the physical landscape is is definitely important for understanding the possibility and giving the context as well. That's it for this episode. Next time, I'll, we'll start ex- examining the history of Vastitsa, and that's what we'll cover in the next few episodes, so working on historical context for Vastitsa. Thanks for coming along on this spatial and historical exploration of Vastitsa. Email questions or comments to deepdive at helenaki.com or ask them on the Helenaki Deep Dive Facebook page. Show notes with links to resources mentioned in this episode will be available at helenaki.com. That's H-E-L-O-N-A-K-I.com. You can also find ways to support the show, now including merch such as t-shirts, mugs, and stickers with the Helenaki Deep Dive logo at helenaki.com support. My thanks to Patreon supporters at the geospatial analyst level, Leah Varel and Janice and Jerry Farrell. Your support keeps the Helenaki Deep Dive going. The Helenaki Deep Dive is written and produced by me, Jen Globius of the Helenaki. The theme music is Deep Ocean, instrumental by Dan O of danosongs.com. Additional sounds from zapsplat.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>